New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Michael Toms. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today I'm hosting Alan Briskin. Alan's a pioneer in the field of organizational learning and a co-founder of the Collective Wisdom Initiative. He's also the co-author of The Power of Collective Wisdom and The Trap of Collective Folly. Alan, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you, Michael. You know, as someone who's uh, traveled the world familiar with other cultures and been doing the work you've been doing as a writer and an editor and many other things, actually, I'm wondering from your perspective how you see the ever-changing, ever-morphing worldscape in this moment in time. I thought of uh, Howard Zinn, who just recently died, and he was a chronicler of some of the worst aspects of American history. But his final words in his autobiography was about our need to look for where there can be hope. That along with the times that there has been foolishness and cruelty has also been compassion and understanding. And if we lose that part, if we don't seek that out, then the parts we most fear become the parts that are most amplified. So I see ourselves facing a collective challenge that really has not occurred before because we've never really threatened the biosphere of our own planet. Chardin, who we talk about in our book, really anticipates this back in the 1950s, that there will be challenges that the world will face that will amplify its understanding that we do exist as a human species. Pierre de Chardin, who wrote The Phenomenon of Man and other, right. other books. That's right. And he believed in the concept of the newosphere, uh, which was just like the biosphere, there was an envelope of thought that was emerging. And it was emerging through the interior reflection of each individual and through the social conversations that were taking place. Also, it was interesting on the other side of the planet, there was Sri Aurobindo in South India, basically talking about the descent of the supermental. So in some ways, uh, it was kind of like the, the counter, counterpart to Chardin from the East. That's right. And then uh, from the West was a woman, Mary Parker Follett, writing about our need to grasp not just power over others, but power with others. And she really is one of the prophets of organizational and management theory. And it's from her perspective of the collective, of what it truly means to think in terms of reciprocal influences. So what about, what do you have to say to those who are really discouraged and really depressed in some ways about what's going on in the world. I think the first part is I have to admit that I also have those feelings. Uh, I think there is an acknowledgement that whatever is happening in the larger collective is happening in ourselves. And there is no doubt within myself elements of despair, uh, concern that borders on pathos, and at the same time the work, the discipline, is to build relationships, smaller social fields in which we can feel the hope. Emerson, writing at a time of civil war in the United States, says, to the loomed mind, the whole world burns and sparkles with light. 
he's reminding us that we have this interior capacity to see and reverentially accept the larger cosmos, the larger nature that we're part of. And so it's not so much that I dispute someone who's feeling despairing or points out the idiocy of others. I would just remind them as I remind myself that that just digs ourselves deeper. It uh, influences our physiology, our own health. And so the idea is not to wear Mr. Magoo glasses, you know, not to somehow pretend that everything's going to just work out fine, but to join with others in a way that alters the mental model, that there's scarcity, that it's us against them, that we have no choice but to somehow be in competition with others until we win and they lose, that that mental model has just led us deeper and deeper into destructiveness. So how does one do that? I think there's two ways. The, the first is always internal, that one has to make a commitment first with oneself to practice a different way of being with others. This was always Gandhi's great insight, you know, that he could not tell others what he himself could not do. And so it always begins with the individual. At the same time, there's a practice of paying attention to where there is energy, where there is life, what is working, that for us to each come alive and to join with others creates an energy field of its own. And that we always have that choice to make about how we want to join with others and the quality of interaction we want to have. It's like hanging out with uh, people who are up and high and doing things is always a, a more inspiring place to be than people who basically are depressed and discouraged. Well, it, it's a cycle. Right. And I think sometimes to have someone else's depressed is a great joy to have. <laughs> right. It's what do you do with that? You know, do you have to both stay depressed to feel connected to each other? That's where I think the addiction comes in. That feeling oppressed is a comfortable feeling at some point. We always know where we stand. And so the idea that we can be more self-reliant, that we can make small changes, practice small ways to alter the way we're doing things, to give us more joy, to give us more sense of the authenticity of our own lives, rather than big leaps. I think the difference between sadness and depression, depression, you're kind of like, you know, you're there, you're in there. There's sadness, you can have sadness and still feel positive. I think that's a very important uh, practice as well. I think to experience sadness is a, a part of keeping us alive and sensitive. Whereas at some point, depression becomes paralytic. And this is at, at the level of physiology of our own brains and bodies. That when we begin to spin into a depression, we need to seek out others. We need to seek help in some ways. But sadness is part of the continuum of human experience. How could we not feel some sadness as we look around, as we read the newspaper, as we talk within our own network of people who are dealing with illness or disappointment or failure. Uh, it's not always about being positive in that narrow sense. It's about knowing that being positive is a lifeline that we need to support in each other and with each other. If there were one thing you could say to listeners out there, what would that one thing be? Sing, dance, find something that gives you life. 
start from the beginning, even if it's starting each day that way? Recognizing that none of us can predict the future, we really don't know what's going to happen next. If we were to fast forward to the year 2020, literally 10 years from now, and you had all your druthers, no obstacles, what would you like to see the world be like in 2020? I think it would be a world that was deeply involved with the transformation of our institutions. Uh, how we learn, how we deal with illness, how we deal with economic transactions and commerce. We'd be a world that was really dealing with health and not just illness. We'd be a world dealing with learning and not just formal education. We'd be a world that is producing products that aid vitality, that helps us to thrive. And we would be struggling with what it's like to turn 300 years of trying to reduce everything to its smallest part to a world in which people are seeking to learn what binds us together. Alan, I want to thank you for being on the New Medicines Cafe. appreciate being here with you. I've been speaking with Alan Briskin, and he's the co-author of The Power of Collective Wisdom and The Trap of Collective Folly. It's published in paperback by Barrett Kohler. If you'd like more information about Alan's work, you can go to the website, thepowerofcollectivewisdom.com. You can also get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. My name is Michael Toms. I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe. Please come back again. And don't forget, do something good out there in the world. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.